that middle interview. The Mountain King, Mr. John Oliva, is our guest for this episode of that middle interview podcast. Thank you guys for joining us one more time. For the new subscribers and new listeners, thank you for uh, giving us a chance out of thousands of podcasts, man. So we know uh, we are one of the best podcasts for sure because we cover anything from death metal to thrash metal to glam metal to regular metal to regular rock and hard rock so and anyway so mr oliva is also an arranger and composer for the trans-siberian orchestra tso if you will and he released uh four about four albums maybe five if i'm not mistaken uh, under the name of john oliva's pain and of course the legendary sabotage the florida-based metal band formed around 1979 and uh formed by him mr oliva and his brother chris oliva may he rest in peace and uh, he'll talk about his brother and he's going to talk about the future of sabotage so you guys are in for a treat check this out enough uh of my talking let's check out some sabotage before going on to the interview with mr oliva here is some sabotage
awesome jam by Sabotage to all the Sabotage fanatics that know, the ones that know all of the background and history of the band and Mr. Oliva and the Oliva brothers, of course. Anyways, you guys know all that stuff already, so there's nothing to tell you guys. So anyways, there you go, some badass Sabotage. Enough talking and let's go with the interview that you guys are waiting for. Here's Mr. Oliva. Enjoy. Well, first of all, uh, you know, uh, thank you for... Uh, Inventing and forming uh, sabotage with your brother Chris, of course. May he rest in peace. Uh, yeah. what, what a treat for for us fans, you know. Thank you. Well, yeah, it was a long journey, and it ain't over yet. <laughs> awesome. That's that's one of my questions later on. In that. <laughs> yeah. Now I understand the the first name of the band was Avatar, and it was already taken, right? So. so yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what it was was actually we had a couple really bad names before that <laughs> uh, we had uh black diamond which we named it after a kiss song oh wow and uh we had uh super guys which was really bad and uh and then metropolis which was our bar band okay you know and that name was okay you know that was all right and then yeah. we went to avatar and uh, right when we were ready to release the Siren record, I think it was the night before the, the, the album had to go to print. Yeah. The guy calls us and goes, oh, I got some bad news for you. <laughs> <laughs> Can't use the name Avatar. We got one hour to come up with something else. <laughs> so. Oh, wow. So we wrote out Avatar on a big white piece of poster paper, you know. And then uh, Chris and I and our two wives, we were sitting around at this uh, dining room table and just like writing letters, you know, anywhere. And we came up with Savitar. Oh, okay. And I was like, oh, that sounds like a really ugly dinosaur. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Chris was always fascinated by the Taj Mahal, the, the you know, the temple. And uh, yeah. he, he went like, Oh, what if Sav? Uh, we keep. We wanted to keep the AVA for from Avatar. Yeah, and he goes Taj. Taj. And we wrote it out, and I was like Sabotage. Oh, that's cool because it means like Sava for savage. Yeah, and Taj for kind of like woo, Twilight Zone shit. Oh know? wow! So I, I didn't know, know what Sabotage. You know what Sabotage means in French? I don't. It means it means year of the worn out shoe. <laughs> oh wow I didn't know that yeah. I, le I learned something today well what? that's true that's how it happened we came up with the name in an hour just like fiddling with letters and you know kind of under a lot of stress as well so so uh, I mean you've done tons of interviews obviously uh, what was your brother like Chris I mean for people that are asking you know what, what was he like you know what was he like well he had a huge heart Okay, he yeah. really did. He loved his fans. He really loved the fans a lot. Um, he was a little cocky. Okay. And um, he got me in a lot of fights. <laughs> I, I, I used to fight for Chris all the time. He was, People would pick on him and all the time. And then, you know, it was one of those things like, my big brother's going to come and kick your ass. And I did, <laughs> you know. And um, But he was a gift. Yeah. He never took a lesson in his life, ever. Okay. And he just flourished. The guitar 
was just it was unbelievable what how he developed in such a short period of time you know i can only imagine where he would be at now if he was still alive wow what a talent i mean a complete talent uh innovator if you know for lack of a better words you know. oh yeah and now I, i i first heard of sabotage uh you know when the mountain king came out you know uh saw the video on mtv and all that i became a fan you know i bought the cassette uh, played it every day for years man and uh uh now you guys already had a couple of records out there did mountain king uh, take the band to another fame uh, uh level you well, know um, yeah i mean well we did sirens dungeons and power of the night which did okay power hmm. of the night did you know kind of good um and then uh you know we made the crucial mistake of doing fight for the rock which which in my opinion only really had like three true sabotage songs on it hide the edge of midnight and the title track the rest of the songs were basically songs that i had written for other artists to do i was trying to sell myself as a songwriter but our management company at that time who were total criminals <laughs> and stole like uh, close to two million dollars from us wow you know they were like no this is we were going to make you the next journey and we were like looking at ourselves going like, journey what the fuck we're not here yeah. Yeah. But you know, what do you do when you're in your early 20s and you're broke and you have this management company that has platinum records all over the world. You you listen to what they say because you have a family to take care of. Yeah. Well, it was the biggest mistake we ever made. And we were breaking up after fight for the rock. It was over. Really? You know, and we uh we did one last we were doing our final show in Tampa. And this guy showed up with Jason Thom from Atlantic Records. This guy, his name was Paul O'Neill. Okay. And we didn't know who the fuck he was. We had no idea, you know. Yeah. And uh, he came backstage and um, sat down in the dressing room with me and my brother and started talking to us. And it was like, I'm like, who is this guy? I don't <laughs> fucking know. Who, you know, who is this guy? Well, he produced Aerosmith's uh, Classics Live 1 and 2. Oh, wow. That was his kind of claim to fame. So, all right. So he goes, well, what's the problem? And we're, well, the problem is, is we have no money to pay our rent, our electricity, electricity bill, anything. Yeah. We're totally broke. And we're breaking up. You know, Chris was going to go and audition or go play with Megadeth. Oh wow! And I had a audition with Black Sabbath in California. I read about that. Yeah, yeah, for the Shining the album, yeah, the Eternal Idol. And uh, Paul goes, "You're not going." And he goes, "Great, okay. go. we're going to keep the band together. I'm going to give you guys money, pay your bills for a year. We're getting a rehearsal place. All I want, I don't want any of the money back. All I want is to be able to." produce and write with you guys yeah chris and i just looked at each other and went like okay <laughs> you know that was it that's exactly what happened Whoa. and you know and then we went in he got us a rehearsal facility got us all new equipment 
paid all our bills for a year. Damn. And the very first song that we wrote together, uh, the three of us, was uh, Strange Wings and 24 Hours Ago. Wow. And that's where it all started. You know, and Paul was great because he was like a father figure uh-huh. to us. And we needed one because we were totally out of control. Yeah. You know, and uh, that's how it all started. Well, what a nice guy. Just, you know, here's some cash and, you know, wow. He was, you know what, he had, you know, I miss him dearly. I miss him every day along with my brother. But he had a huge heart and he was very, very intelligent, highly intelligent. I learned more from Paul O'Neill than I did in all the time that I was sleeping during school. Yeah. Well, yeah, for sure. He's a, another innovator for sure. Wow. Oh, absolutely. I don't know with the lyrics and shit he used to come out. I was like, where the fuck is this guy? You know, it would just blow me away. So uh, whose idea was it? For example, uh, your sound started changing a bit on gutter ballet, you know, streets, uh, you know, no. temptation, revelation, you know, uh, when the street, the crowds are gone. Chance on handful, you know, different sounds slightly, which is the beginning of TSO from, as far as I'm concerned. I can explain that to you very easily. Mountain King, Paul knew that we needed to do a kick-ass sabotage record, Power, yeah. Yeah. Beyond the Doors of the Dark, called the Mountain King 24 hours ago. Awesome. And then after that record did very well for us, you know, it, it did really good. And... He noticed, he was like, you know what, guys, you sat with me and my brother, he said, you know what, you guys are beyond just doing this, you're, you're trapping yourselves in a box, Yeah. where, you know, I, I love Metallica, I really do, I love the guys, I've, I've, I've known them, I've, we've hung out and stuff, awesome. but... But they're, you know, and this is not taking anything away from them at all, because they're a great band, but, you know... Um, they're trapped in that Metallica world. Yeah. You know? Now, his thing with us was he, because I was a big Beatles fan and Queen and stuff like that. He's like, John, you know, we need to express more of the keyboards, the piano, and that's a gutter ballet. That's where that all started. You know? Yeah. And we, we didn't want to just play heavy metal. We love playing heavy metal. Yeah. You know, beyond the doors of the dark, which you can't get much heavier than that. You know, we loved it, but it was becoming stifling. You know, we would come up with a great song and and someone like Wackles, who I love, or you'd go like, well, the fans aren't going to like that. Like, well, what do they want us to do? Just just play, you know. Paul the Mountain King over and over and over and over again, just yeah. with a couple different chords. Yeah. I'm not going to do that. Yeah. You know? And Paul was like, what is, you know, I, I wrote Gutter Ballet, and he's like, what is that? Yeah. I, like, I don't know. I was just, you know. And uh, then it started. We started incorporating the piano more and the orchestra more. And you know, Gutter Ballet and Streets are, are probably my two favorite albums because we were at our peak there and we were experimenting and, you know, crowds are gone. I mean, yeah. you know, uh, Gutter Ballet, the Streets album had some fucking great songs on it. You oh, know? yeah, for sure, for sure. 
and uh, and and you know, I I liked it. And the fans, everyone was oh, they were all worried about the fans. I'm like, listen, if they like the band and they're fans of the band, they're gonna like whatever we do. Right. It's not like we're out there playing, you know, sugar, sugar, or anything like that. You know. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and that's it. And that you have to do that to be able to grow. You know. Yeah. And. Uh, as musicians and then you know of course when we lost Chris you know that was a point where Paul and I sat down and we knew you're not going to replace Chris Oliva it's impossible yeah okay um what are we going to do you know and Handful of Rain album was like a John Oliva solo album almost really yeah and Chance in my opinion Chance was the first TSO song I agree. Yep. That's where, yeah, you see, you, you get it. You see, you get it. Yep. That's where, that was where, and we did chance, and we were like, wow, okay, this is the way we're going to go. And then it just went on, you know, Dead Winter Dead, yep. uh, Wake of Magellan, you know, the, the first TSO album, the second TSO album, Poets in Man. It was like, we were just, you know, moving into different, things because you know you don't want to just keep doing the same thing over and over again yeah yeah i get it yep that was a good move by the way so uh your tso you know hey you know i have a house cars money yeah i didn't have that with sabotage (laughs) right wow yeah for sure i mean uh as we all know you know transiberian orchestra has blown up to to you know it's huge it's a huge production you know huge huge congrats congrats on that you know so, no, I mean, well, I have to put that shit together every year, you know. Uh, well, now that Paul's gone, now it's even, you know, more of a fucking nightmare. Yeah, you know? that, that, that's one of my questions right there. I mean, now that, uh, well, may he rest in peace. Uh, now that he passed away, who who is uh, running the show now, you know? Well, you know, we all kind of, uh, well, you know, losing Paul. TSO was Paul's baby, him and his wife. Yeah. They came up with the idea. I happened to be the first person they called and and got involved with the whole thing. So I'm like the first original member of Trans-Siberian Orchestra. Yeah. Uh, the idea of the show was totally Paul's. We gotta be, it's gotta be spectacular. I want people to leave going, wow. Yeah. And that's what we did. But the, the, the curse of that is that every year, you got to kind of outdo what you did last year. Yeah. You know, and that's, it's getting really difficult. You that's, know? that's the challenge right there, yeah. Yeah. So we all kind of want Al Petrelli, Chris Caffrey, um, our management uh, office, Adam and Ke- Kenny Elliott. We all kind of, Brian Hartley, our lighting, uh, our lighting tech, you know, director. We all kind of, you know, what are we going to do this year? How are we going to up the ante? You know, and we trade back ideas and we kind of all put it together. And then when we go to Omaha at the end of October every year for our three and a half weeks of total living hell, <laughs> uh, that's where we we actually put it together. You know, oh, wow. um, 
Yeah, we we rent uh, the Mid uh, Mid America Center in Omaha. Well, oh. actually, it's in Council Bluffs, Iowa, which is right across the river from Omaha. Okay. And we rehearsed there for three and a half weeks. You know, um, and hey, let me tell you, it's long days. I'm there from nine in the morning, sometimes until three or four in the morning. Wow. Yeah. You know, for twenty-seven days in a row. The whole month. Wow. Some people don't know that. Some people don't know that. You know, a lot of people don't know that. It's all, you know, my management guys, Adam Lynn, Kenny Kaplan, Elliot Salzman, those guys, <laughs> they are there uh-huh. all the time, you know, and just, I don't know how they do it. You know, I really don't. This you is know. a huge production, man. You know, it's just, uh, it's two, there's a TSO West and TSO East, correct? Yeah, yeah. So I have to do two bands at once, and you know, it's like I have help. You know, Dan Danielle Sample, who is our talent coordinator girl, and she's amazing. You know, if it wasn't for her, I would have committed suicide years ago. <laughs> you know, yeah. and um, you know, and then you know, of course, Al Petrelli, Derek Whelan, our our um, uh, what are uh, our, our our tour guy, our our head guys for each band. Al is in charge of the West Band and Derek Whelan is in charge of the East Band. They're like the head guys so they kind of run everything and I kind of like float around just dealing with everything. You know, the lights, the, the sound, the fucking, you know, the, the players, the singers. I, you know, I sit and I talk with the singers and, you know, this is what Paul would want, you know. And, it, you know, it, it, it's like, I love it, but it is a lot of work. I understand that. I play in a band, you know, a local thing, and it's just, sound check is a, a, you know, it's it's always a job, you know, and some people don't know that. So I can just imagine what you guys go through with two two huge productions every year, you know, that's incredible. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, it's a nightmare, dude. It, it really is. It, it's a nightmare, but somehow we get through it, you know. Um... You know, it's like our musical directors, Al and Derek, they do so much during the rehearsal, the three and a half weeks of rehearsals. They do so much and it, it alleviates a lot of pressure from me. I mean, I don't have to worry that the band is not going to play the song right when I have Al Petrelli, you know, conducting the band, yeah. you know. Or Derek Whelan conducting the band, you know, and, and and Danielle, who helps with all the singers, and I work very closely with. So kind of my thing is like, I'm kind of like, uh, I don't know what you call it, I'm kind of like the, uh, the head coach, and I have all these coaches working with me that yeah. they just like, is this good? And I'm like, it's great, let's go, move on, keep going, go, go, go. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, my respects, uh, John. This is incredible what you do, you know. And uh, so here's a, a different question. Uh, maybe uh, sure. Uh, what do you think would be different if your brother Chris was alive, and uh, w- would he be a part of this TSO deal? What What do you say to that well, scenario? Yeah, I mean, Chris. Listen, Chris was Paul's favorite guitar player of all time, and mine as well. Nice. And, and 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 Chris would definitely be a part of TSO if he was still alive, and that's not taking anything away from 
Al Pacelli, Chris Caffrey, Joel Hosher, any of those guys, because they're all great. Oh, yeah. Okay, they're all great. But, you know, Chris would have definitely been a part of one of the bands or however it would have worked out, you know. And it's just sad because, oh, man, he, he was so great at the time that he passed away. He hadn't even reached his peak yet. Yeah. You know, and that's the thing that saddens me the most, you know. Yeah, it's just a hard a hard thing to take, you know. It's just a, a great yeah. talent, a great talent. I have these dreams. I have these this, this reoccurring dream yeah. where I go into a dressing room. It's a TSO show, and I walk into this dressing room, and Chris and Paul are sitting on the couch. Wow. And I walk in, and I go like, what the fuck are you guys? You guys are dead. And they look at each other, and they start laughing. And they go like, ha, ha, we got you. It was just a joke. It was just a joke. Really? And I always have to pee. For some reason, I have to pee. And I go into the bathroom to pee, and I come out, and they're gone. Wow, what a, what a dream right there. I've had this dream, James. I've probably had this dream 200 times. Wow, that's just that's way yeah. out there. Wow. Yeah. I know they're there. I know they're there looking over things and I bet they're having a hell of a good time up there laughing at me <laughs> going let's see how we can fuck with your brother now you know, let's look at me, you know look at him what, as soon as I get to heaven the very first thing I'm doing is I'm punching both of them in the mouth <laughs> wow that's that's a what a story man what a, what a, a true story what a dream right there wow yeah so uh, uh, is John Olivas Payne Still active, but can you give us an update on that? since what 2009 yep. you know that was just something I was doing because I had a lot of material that you know and with the sabotage thing um, and the TSO thing I knew you know the TSO thing was making money and sabotage never made any money uh -huh. um, so I knew I had to but I just wanted I just still I wasn't ready to stop playing yet uh -huh. So I put the J, the John Olivas painting together to get rid of some of the songs I had and just to have a little fun and go out and tour without the pressure of it being sabotaged. Uh -huh. But then it just, you know, I was like, oh, all right, I, you know, I did it for what I did, four albums with John Olivas paint, four yeah. or five, I think. And I was like, I, it was good for me. I was like, all right, I'm, I'm good with that. The last album I did was... Uh, um, raise the curtain, yeah, which wasn't really a John Oliva Payne album. That was just me and and my friend uh, uh, Doc, who was a keyboard player, basically. And Chris Kinder came in and played drums on a couple tracks, but other than that, it was really just me and my friend Doc, Doctor Dan, we call him. He played keyboards on some stuff and helped me write some stuff. And that was it. And I was good with it. I was like, yeah, I really missed the sabotage thing. And then, you know, when we got the offer, 
to do Vakken in 2015. That was a really, you know, I was like, wow. Because Paul and I always talked about it. We said, look, I don't want to go out with Sabotage and the last show of Sabotage be in a 1,000 seat beer garden in Germany, yeah. you know, with shitty lights and the whole fucking, I'm like, if I, you know, and Paul felt the same way. He goes, no, we're going to do this. We're going to go out big. Yeah. You know, and we did. I mean, we did the two stages at once, which I don't think has ever been done before. I saw that. Yeah. What, what a treat for us fans. You know, thank you again. You know, uh, and uh, uh, I read somewhere that you guys weren't able to release it on DVD for some reason. We're working on it. Okay. okay? There was a lot of contractual things, and because of the rain and the weather, we had a lot of technical problems. Like I remember during the song "Morphine Child," uh-huh. I lost, I lost uh, my my head, my headset went out. Oh wow! I couldn't, I couldn't hear anything for like I don't know, like 30, 40 seconds. I made like a crucial mistake or something, but there was a lot of problems there, you know, yeah. uh, because of the rain, you know, and uh, it was it was weird, but it was great, and. Um, you know, I like the fact that we went out, we went out big, you know, we did our last, supposedly last concert, and in front of 100,000 people, with the light show that was absolutely, undeniably awesome. For sure, awesome, I saw that, awesome, awesome. I got lit on fire by mistake, but you know, I have scars on my hands, but I, really? I don't care. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think we were playing uh, Carmina Brianna, and we had the two stages going on at once, and the wind was blowing from the front of the stage to the back, and these flame boxes went off around my keyboard platform, and it blew the, the blew the flames back at me, oh. and it lit it lit my two hands on fire. What a nightmare! Wow. Oh yeah, I still have the scars, man. Damn. It's yeah. crazy. Wow. <laughs> and let me tell you, it hurt like a motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's it's funny now, you know, but I'm sure at the moment it was just a nightmare. <laughs> no, at the moment it was a fucking disaster. I was like, oh, great. <laughs> okay, now so- we're on fire, and we still had like 45 minutes of the show left, and my hands were just like burning Talk about pain. Talk about going down, uh, you know, it's all metal right there. That's just metal. <laughs> going down the flames, yeah, I did. <laughs> so uh, here's a, a, a question a lot of fans are asking, of course. Uh, an update on Sabotage, is a, a possible record, a possible <laughs> gigs, you know, the, the you know the same question. All right, you know? well, I'll answer that. Ever since uh, uh, Poets and Mad Men, uh-huh. I have been writing Sabotage material, Okay. Me and Al Petrelli and Chris Capri over the last couple of years have been putting material together, okay? And writing stuff together. And this is the thing. There is no official thing that we're going to do a sabotage album. There's nothing official. Okay. Because you know what? As soon as I say, 
yeah, we're going to do a, a new Sabotage album. Something will happen to fuck it up. Uh-huh. Okay? And then I look like a liar. Okay? <laughs> so all I'm going to say is there are many surprises in the future. We don't know what's going to happen. We're not for sure, but we're, we, we, we're writers. We write, and we have... Dude, just me alone, I have enough songs for three Sabotage albums, okay? <laughs> you know? And so, yeah, we write because we like working together. And, you know, because of the pandemic and stuff, a lot of the stuff that we've been just fiddling around with with each other is we've done it over the phone. Yeah. You know, and over the internet, you know, here, here, I got this. What do you think? Oh, I love it. Let, let, and then I'll send, I'll send Al something over the phone. He'll send me something. Capri will send me something. I'll send him something. And we're just like, you know, because you don't know. Yeah. You know, the, the, the world today is different. And I don't want to say to people, hey, we're going to do a new sabotage album and then have something come along to fuck it all up. Yeah, shit happens. You know? Yeah, yeah. I get yeah. it. And, you know, no one knew that this uh, COVID-19 shit was going to happen. Yeah. You know, and who knows? Yeah, there's the vaccine now and everything. But, you know, they're already saying, oh, there's different strands of it now and who knows this and that and blah, 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 blah. So I'm just like, well... We, we, you know, we would love, we would all love to do a, a, a sabotage album. Yeah. But there's no deal with a record company to do it. There's no plan, actual plan saying we're going to start recording sabotage. You know, there's no plan like that. All we're doing as being musicians and songwriters is we're compiling material. Yeah. So if we do get hey, why don't you guys do this? Well, we got a company that wants to, you know, uh, give you guys a button, then we're going to be prepared. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's a whole business side, yeah. Yeah, you know, a lot of a lot of the fans, which, which it makes me upset because Sabotage fans, I love them so much because they have never, ever turned their back on Sabotage. Yeah. Ever, yeah. you know. And I just don't want to lead them down a road of false shit. Of course. If something happens where we say like, okay, we're ready to do this. Let's do it, guys. I will be the first person to make a, a, you know, a professional uh, press release to tell everybody. Yeah. Okay. But I just don't want to do it because it's not solidified in stone right now. Do we want to do it? You bet your fucking ass we want to do it. Okay? Yeah. But do we have the material for it? You bet your fucking ass we have (laughs) enough material. We have enough material for another 10-year run. (laughs) You know, but all I can say is if, and I explain if, we do a sabotage thing, it's going to fuck you people up, man. It's going to be fucking blow away. Awesome. Okay. We're ready. <laughs> We're ready. So. Yeah. Well, and uh, looking at the other side, in case nothing new comes out for some reason, you guys have left tons of, uh, you know, great albums out there, including, you know, Oliva's Pain, uh, you know, all that stuff. Great, yeah. great material. So we have tons of records out there to enjoy. So, but of course, we're all hoping for... You know, it's easier said than done. I get it. You know, 
Well, you know what it is, James? You know what it is? It's like I've made this mistake before uh-huh. in my career where I've said, oh, we're, you know, and then that's why I'm afraid to say anything because if I do, something will come about that will fuck it up. Yeah. yeah. So I ain't saying shit. All I'm saying is we're writing. Awesome. You know, because if I say, oh, we're going to do a new Sabotage record and we're starting in July, something will happen. You know, New York City will explode or, you know, <laughs> aliens will come down. And, you know, <laughs> so I'm not saying shit. All I'm saying is we all want to do it and we have the material. If it happens, it's going to be great. If it doesn't happen, it's still going to be great. So what's brewing right now for for yourself? What are you doing now? What can fans expect next uh, as far as like right now? We're working on Romanoff, the TSO project Romanoff. And we have that going and we're doing, uh, we're editing and mixing uh, Sabotage live in Cologne, Germany. Wow. Uh, The whole concert, the full concert. So we're working on that and... uh, We're putting together the uh, tour for this year because it looks like we are going to be able to tour this year. Awesome. So we're putting that show together. We started, we're already started on that. So we got a lot of stuff going on and Al and Chris and me, we're still writing together and trading stuff off. It's actually a lot of fun because I'll get this like, and it'll be Petrelli going, Hey, listen to this, motherfucker. <laughs> and then I'll send him something back. Go, listen to this, motherfucker. <laughs> and we're having a lot of fun. You know, we're having a lot of fun with it. And who knows, man. That's cool. As long as you have fun, you know, and, you know, the fans are out there. So awesome. We're watching and we're waiting. And, you know, we can't wait for TSO or any of your projects, you know. So, uh, well, you know, like I said, I love our fans, TSO or Sabotage, whatever, John Alina's man. I love them all, man. I really do. If it wasn't for them, I wouldn't be doing what I do right now, you know? And uh, that's all I can say is thank you all so much. I, I love you all to death. So is there a message, uh, before we let you go, uh, a message you want to send your fans listening to this podcast? Yeah, I love you all. And you never know what the future holds. Just be a little patient. Perfect. Thank you, John. Thank you for making time. And uh, James, thank you, man. You take care of yourself. God bless you. Stay safe. You too. And um, hopefully you're going to be surprised here in the next year. Awesome. We can't wait, man. Appreciate that. All right, James. You take care, buddy. All right, you too. What a legend. What an honor of mine to speak to a living legend, to the Mountain King himself. One of my favorite albums, The Hall of the Mountain King. Track A to track Z, man, that whole cassette, that whole album, if you will, is just way up there in the scales, man. So you guys should check it out if you're not familiar with the whole catalog of Sabotage or TSO or J-O-P, John Leo's Pain. And his other projects, of course, you know, he's got a couple of other projects for the people that know. So we hope you guys enjoyed this uh, interview with Mr. Oliva. Don't forget to subscribe. Uh, share if you want if you like what you hear you know uh, thank you for uh, checking us out on spotify pandora uh, that metal interview podcast and uh, also on uh, different formats you know and thank you for the ones listening on youtube so don't forget to keep it metal